Hello, and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody coming at you with our Week 4 Thursday Night Football Preview. Cody, after this week, the season will be almost one quarter over. I, I'm a little disappointed that it's 17 weeks these days because it does not, you know, you can't say the season's half over now. The season's one quarter over now because it's just in, you know, it's not a clean interval, but... Yep. Anyway, I'm not going to get you on a tangent correct. here. How are you doing tonight, Coates? How are you doing? I, I didn't mean to leave you I'm out. I'm doing but. good. I, I do feel you, though, because like I feel like it's always growing up, analysts would always talk about how teams would split the season up into quarters. Yep. And as a fantasy person, I always did the same thing. It's like, okay, we're four weeks mm-hmm. in. You know, through, maybe you don't want to do three quarters. I guess you do thirds, but I'm right there with you. Now it's kind of just like, when do the playoffs start again? How many wins am I going to need to get in there? I felt like my brain was calculated to 16 games for so long, and now it's kind of just readjusting still a couple of years into it, but I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think it's, you know, we got a good episode for you, everyone tonight. We got some buy low, sell highs, a little bit of news and notes, beat the wire back at it again. We've been hot on that. So yes, we have uh, should be a good episode, uh, but we are going to start it off a little bit non-football talk. I actually heard this question on another podcast and Wait I kind of wanted me, to baby. see Nick's opinion on it in your life. Do you think that you have read more words or taken more steps. Oh man, that's that's pretty incredible. I like this is like this is like building off of like the the doors versus wheels thing. Like I feel exactly. like that, that is just like cascaded into like all these different debates. Um, I gotta go with read more words. I, I feel like especially since uh, since we have you know like smartphones have become a thing. Like I read articles like on articles on articles on articles like all day long. I I feel like I like. Even as even if I'm you know I I used to bartend two nights three nights a week for you know years on end and you know I'd take hundreds of thousands of steps every night hundreds of thousands hundreds or thousands of steps every single night but even considering that like I can read ten words in two or three seconds you know like I can't take ten steps in two or three seconds so I, I would definitely go I've read more words but uh, what do you think? I, I think I'm on the same page as you just because of social media, really. Like, yeah, it's... Like, like you said, like, articles, like, Twitter, like, all of that kind of stuff is just, like, it's so easy just to, like, get on, like, a little bit of a tangent on some of those things and just read. You don't even realize it could be a 1,000, 2,000 words, and, you know, that's a lot of steps if you do it that yeah. way. The podcast that I was listening to did make the argument that basically from, you know, the time you're not born, but a year and a half old to, you know, five, six, to when you can start comfortably reading on your own, you know, how many steps did you take in that span? Sure. And does that factor into your answer at all? I thought about it. I'm on the same page. I think I'm more on the reading side of it. I can't tell you how many times I've sat on the couch and just like scrolled Twitter and then like exactly. looked up and it's been 30 minutes and it's like, damn, I have not moved I feel my like body in the whole 30 this, minutes. This might be a more interesting question if you ask like a 14 year old, because like, you know, that, that time span of being one and a half to five is a larger portion of their life at that point. But we're both what, 26, 27. I mean, I, you know, we've been... You know, we've been able to read for 20 plus years of our life. I feel like at that point, it's like you're you have caught up to whatever advantage the steps have gotten early in your life. And now it's like it's just the, the, the lead is ever increasing because, I mean, any given day, even if I go to the gym and, you know, walk on the treadmill for a little bit, like I I feel like I'm even still reading more words, even if I'm active that day. Like I, I there's no way it's catching up. 
Yep. Yep. I feel you. I also, they made a good point of um, any road trip in a car you've ever taken, every single sign you pass by, every oh, single, yeah. you know, every little thing that you see while you're every in the car. Every menu you've ever looked at. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I was on the same page as you. Let us know in one, the though. comments like uh, on, the, on, the, on the Facebook post or Twitter post if you have a different argument. If you think that you've taken sure. more steps than words you've written, read, whatever then let us know. I would love to hear that side of the argument as well. But uh, before we jump into news and notes, just wanted to shout us out one more time. Make sure you check out the betting show that comes out on Saturday. I was crunching some numbers earlier today. Just this year, we're hitting at 77%. Is that good? Is that sustainable? I hope so. I really freaking hope so. But that is a phenomenal, I believe it's 56% is whenever you become profitable as a better. So we are crushing that. I crunched the numbers. I had a rough season to end last year, but if we take both last year and my start, I just cleared the 56% mark, so I'm profitable. And then Nick has been over 56% basically since we started this thing. So uh, I think as a podcast, we're sitting at like 62% total over the all of last season and through the That's first excellent. three weeks. So you've got to go check it out. You know, if you're if you're going to keep us a secret because you don't want your friends knowing your fantasy football stuff, then at least show them the betting show and you guys can all make money together. I was going to say, everybody can make money together. There's no fighting there. So, yeah, the, please uh, show your friends. Everybody uh, deserves to make a little cheddar on the weekends and uh, have some reason to watch, you know, the crummy football games. All of them deserve love. There you go. All right, let's get into news and notes. Have you heard the news? Time for Nick's news and notes from around the NFL. All right, guys, a little light on the news today. Nothing huge breaking in the NFL over the past couple days. I will, uh, again, just give the disclaimer that all of the injuries that I mentioned today are mostly things that are either just really important fantasy players that we want to know about, new things that have popped up in the last couple of days, uh, and all of these injuries you just need to monitor because, again, we will uh, not know everything until uh, Friday morning usually or Friday afternoons when those practice reports come out. Those are the most important. Only the Thursday night guys you know, are the only ones that are kind of set in stone at this point. Everybody else you just need to keep your eye on if I mention them. Gus Edwards, full participant in practice Wednesday. He was coming off the concussion. He missed, uh, he, he actually left the game on Sunday, but since he's a full participant on Wednesday, seems like he's good to go. Concussions, again, not linear injuries. He has not been cleared in the protocol yet, but the fact that he's a full participant on Wednesday is certainly a good sign. Jalen Waddell, also a full participant on Wednesday. Once again, same thing, concussion. He is not cleared yet, but the fact that he's a full participant on Wednesday is a very good sign. Anthony Richardson, limited in practice on Wednesday. I would expect him to return this weekend as well. Uh, all three of those guys dealing with concussions. The fact that they're even out there at all on Wednesday is a very good sign for them. Austin Eckler, limited in practice on Wednesday. We talked about him on our Week 3 review show. I think we both expected him to miss one more week. Seems like the Chargers might actually get him back for the Raiders game on Sunday. Very important divisional matchup for both of those teams. Uh, he has a bye in Week 5, so we thought it would make sense for the Chargers to sit him one more week, but they might have seen enough of Josh Kelly being the lead guy for them uh, for a lifetime, and I don't blame them. 
Thursday night update here. David Montgomery, Christian Watson, and Aaron Jones are all officially questionable for tomorrow's game. I think every single one of them I have seen are leaning towards playing. Uh, that, again, they're all varying degrees of you know 50-50 to 75% to 80%. You got to keep an eye on all of them. I'd say out of the three, it looks like Montgomery is the most likely to play, then Jones, then Watson, but it's a rough estimate. Keep an eye on them. Uh, we'll talk about all of them when we get to the Thursday night preview itself later in the show. Gerald Everett, he missed practice with an illness. Another guy to just keep an eye on. He should be fine. It's pretty early in the week. Jerry Judy, limited with a knee injury. Doesn't look serious. Something to keep an eye on, though. Haven't heard anything about that until now. Deshaun Watson and Jerome Ford, limited with shoulder injuries. Uh, they were both in practice on Wednesday, so I would not worry about it, but something to keep an eye on as well. Debo Samuel, he was not at practice at all on Wednesday with a rib and a knee injury. Debo Samuel loves to get himself beat up. Uh, again, something I'm not terribly worried about right now, but we have to keep an eye on it. And then Bryce Young, expected to play this Sunday. A little bit of a surprise. We thought he would miss another week with that ankle injury. A little disappointing for some of his options, to be honest. I think the wide receivers were... Uh, you know, do having a better time with Andy Dalton under center, but looks like Bryceing is going to be back for the matchup against Minnesota. Cody, do you have any reaction to these uh, injury updates I just gave? Uh, not to the injuries, but thank you, Nick. Appreciate you not only keeping up with all this stuff, but going through that every single week for us. That is no a problem. Locally, it's been a little bit light these past two episodes, yeah. but there's been some where it's like, do you need a break? Yeah. <laughs> they are long sometimes. They, so, uh, the, Unfortunately, the guys thing, get beat up in the NFL. It is a unfortunate side effect of fantasy for sure. Yeah. The only thing, I guess, I just, maybe I don't really understand this fully. How is someone a full participant at practice with a concussion? Like, so, what are they... They're, like, what are I, they doing to get designated as a full participant with a concussion? I, I guess there are parts of the protocol that they have to get through that do not involve physical activity. Like, so there are like mental, there's like a mental side to the protocol that they have to pass that is beyond whatever physical capabilities that they have on the practice field. So they, they can say, oh, I, you know, I ran all the routes, did all the drills, did all the weightlifting. And they got cleared by the medical staff to do that, but until they pass the protocol in you know all areas of the protocol, they are not allowed to come back. I'm not not a doctor, not pretending to know everything about it, but that's how it's been kind of you know roughly explained to me over podcasts and over you know reading tweets and such. Okay, no, that makes a little bit more sense. Whenever I saw that, I was like, how are they still? You know, a little confusing for sure, but just know concussions are very, very strange injury. I mean, it's they are non-linear, as uh, you know the doctors like to put it, in that they are you know not easy to predict, and you need to clear every single aspect of the NFL's protocol to come back. So there's not just a uh, you know there's not one thing that says he's ready. It's he's got to clear the NFL's concussion protocol completely. Yeah, one of my favorite like memories of high school golf was every year before the season started, you had to do the concussion test, so that way you had a baseline in case baseline, you got concussed exactly. while yep. golfing. So uh, that was always that was always interesting. <laughs> the only other thing, um, Austin Eckler, I don't know if he does a weekly fantasy football podcast or just a weekly radio hit or something, but I saw a video of him. Uh, he he really wants to get back out on the field. He mentioned that he wants to get back out there. He knows how valuable he is to fantasy rosters, which 
he might be the only player in the NFL that like you know he understands cares. us at that he level, really which is pretty cool. So um, as a guy who has him, hopefully he doesn't re-injure himself, but it would be nice to be able to plug him back into the lineup. Um, but those are really my only tidbits there. Uh, anything else, or are you ready to get into some buy low, sell high? Let's do it. Let's do it. Bye, bye, bye. One of my favorite segments we do, Cody, because trading is fun. Trading is what makes fantasy football, uh, you know, enjoyable, in my opinion. Uh, I just really like the aspect of, you know, being a GM of your team. I feel like uh, one of my favorite things about our mini dynasty league is that the trading has really, really picked up over the past uh, two seasons. And it just, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. So I think uh, a couple of these guys you can kind of try to go out and get in your leagues if you can. My first buy low guy I'm going to talk about is Brees Hall, running back for the New York Jets. This one's pretty simple. I kind of, I uh, if you listen to our week three review show, I talked about how Garrett Wilson was a bit of a buy low for me. He fits into kind of the same bill. He's very talented. His schedule's going to open up a bit in the next couple weeks. He's had some tough matchups here. His usage is trending up. His snap share has gone up every single week. A possible QB QB change could give them a spark, in my opinion, uh, whether it's Trevor Simeon or otherwise. Uh, you know, anyone is better than Zach Wilson at this point. Uh, you know, I, I just think I think this is a situation that could improve vastly. I mean, Brees Hall had a lot of value last year without a QB chain, you know, with Zach Wilson under center. And, um, you know, he's super talented. Uh, he will get healthier as the year goes on. I feel like his value is probably about as low as it's going to get throughout the year. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's coming off a game with four touches in week two, and I don't know exactly what he got against New England, but I know he put up, I think, less than four fantasy points in our mini dynasty league. He did. So, it, was, it was bad. Um, Exactly. So yeah, definitely a great buy low candidate. Um, and I mean, Dalvin Cook has not done anything to really secure the number one rule there. I think every time Brees touches the ball, he looks better. So if you can get him on your roster, I would definitely do that as soon as possible. Um, I don't think I don't think did we have Trevor Simeon in the news and notes? I can't remember. That, what I, I just can't believe that's your option. Like there's no one else out there other than Trevor Simeon, but they're all better than Zach Cousins, Wilson. Man. So it is it's gonna it happen. Is. I'm 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 making I'm calling my shot right now. It it just I it's it's not in the Vikings DNA to tank, but it makes too much sense for both of these franchises to get him to New York and uh, you know, give them a fighting chance and give the uh, the Vikings some more ammo moving forward because it's not their year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my first buy low, I'm actually just going to lump two players in here. I'm going to go with just some Bengals players. You're not going to get Jamar Chase. If you get Joe Mixon, good for you, but that's going to be tough just with the way the running back market is looking right now. But Burrow and T. Higgins managers are going to be frustrated. I know Higgins had a really good week two, but week one, week three definitely did not pan out. In the Facebook groups that I'm in, I've seen a lot of T. Higgins trades, so I know he's available for, for people. Uh, let's start on the Burrow side of it, and then I'll quickly wrap up with Higgins. Burrow, his best finish so far was quarterback 21. The calf injury is still looming. It is somewhat concerning, but what's not concerning is the next three matchups he has. He's going to be at Tennessee. He's going to be at Arizona, which has been a frisky team, but I'm not too afraid of that matchup. And then they get Seattle at home, which we've highlighted on this podcast. You can kind of pick apart their secondary right now. You're buying an injury dip. I don't love necessarily doing that, but... There's not going to be as many quarterbacks you're going to get as low at 
their value is not going to be as low as Joe Burrows is right now. So I think he's a really good buy low candidate. And then very similar here with T. Higgins. It has been a rough start to the season. Multiple weeks outside of being a top 80 wide receiver. 80 wide receivers finished better than him in week one where he had zero. In week three where he had barely any points. It's going to be hard to get him, I would say, at like 80 cents on the dollar. But what I'm seeing on social media right now is he's available. Higgins managers are willing to move off of him. I've been offered T. Higgins, but they're trying to get me to pay like $1.20 on the dollar for Higgins. I'm not going to do that. But if you can get him at what you consider a discounted rate, I would do that. He's a phenomenal player. As Burrow gets healthier, this offense is going to get humming, and you're going to be happy you made that move. Yeah, the Bengals are very easy by lows at this point in the year. Uh, like you said, Higgins, I think he's similar to a guy like Mike Evans. Mike Evans has boomed three weeks in a row because he's hit his big plays. Higgins only hit his big plays in one out of the three games so far. That's just kind of the nature of the way these guys play football. He'll have his big games moving forward. He'll be fine. And with Burrow, I think the one disclaimer I'd throw on there is that I think if you're 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh and you have a uh, you know a decent quarterback who may be overperforming expectations like Cousins or uh, Herbert or somewhere like that. You could trade down to Burrow or at least at cost right now, and then pick up an asset coming back. I think it may take a couple weeks for Burrow to get fully healthy because he does not look right with that calf right now. But as soon as he's good to go, uh, you know he'll he'll get back to form. He's an incredible football player. I don't have any worries about him as a quarterback. But they did completely change their offense on Monday. We didn't actually really get a chance to talk about that because the game was still going on. We recorded our podcast, but uh, I mean, it, they they basically just said, "Joe, don't move. Like you catch the ball, you throw it, or you know you you throw it away." Like you, they he did not yeah. escape the pocket because of his calf. Clearly, so as soon as he's healthy it's going to be a lot easier for him to play football because he'll be able to, you know, evade the rush to some degree. Um, my next buy low candidate is Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's had two straight down games. I don't know if he has the top five upside we were hoping for after his huge week one, but I think he will be a very, very good wide receiver too. His target share has still been there, 15 targets the last two weeks. He's had a couple drops that have been uh, obviously unfortunate, but I don't think are necessarily uh, prescriptive going forward. I think I would look at some guys like Mike Evans, Raheem Mostert, Kyron Williams. Those are all players I would trade for Calvin Ridley right now that might have some uh, degree of inflated value. Uh, I think I think Ridley is just in a really good spot. He's got a really good young quarterback. He has you know not fallen off as far as target share has gone, even in his tough weeks. He'll be fine moving forward. I'm not really worried about him. Uh, we, we saw him shake off the rust in week one, couple bad games, but uh, this is somebody I think you can confidently buy right now. Yeah, I, I love it. I have been trying to get Calvin Ridley from our buddy Justin this week, so I'm, sure I'm all have. for the Calvin Ridley trade. Hey, you said you wanted more trades. I'm just making it happen for you. Um, but also I did want to point out that Zay Jones is most likely going to miss this upcoming week. So there is a chance that Calvin Ridley gets back on track, has a boom game, and then you're going to have, you know, you're not going to be able to buy low on him at that point. It's so, also, have you heard this against his Atlanta Falcons. So there may be there some extra motivation to get Calvin Ridley a touchdown or two. I mean, I know those type of narratives don't always work their way into like legitimate fantasy analysis, but it matters to these guys. These are human beings. Calvin Ridley wants to have a good game against the Falcons. I assure you Trevor Lawrence wants to see Calvin Ridley have a good game against the Falcons. He'll try to get him a touchdown if he can. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of revenge games There's this, a ton, this week. I know we got Jameis, we got Calvin. There's Adam another Thielen, one we mentioned I can't Adam remember. Thielen Thielen, against, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Absolutely. All right. I love Calvin Ridley. Another guy that I have been trying to get in a few of my leagues is Josh Jacobs. He's another high-level guy that you're probably getting around 90 cents on the dollar right now. I feel like if you got him at that, you may be able to get him for less than that. You know, a cheap two-for-one to go trade up and get Josh Jacobs, I think, is definitely in the cards. Most likely, the manager who has him is probably struggling just because of how bad he has been and how high of a pick he was. Uh, but through three weeks, he's shown you his floor. I, I don't think it gets much worse for than this for Josh Jacobs. I don't see another back coming in and taking any snaps away from him. The schedule opens up quite a bit the next four weeks for him. So if you want Josh Jacobs, this is going to be the time to get him because I could see, you know, in four weeks, Josh Jacobs could be a sell high candidate if he just takes apart takes advantage of these next four matchups. Yeah, we we actually uh, we noted this on the podcast last year. I went back and checked. Josh Jacobs had a really slow first three weeks of last year. We told you to buy low on him, and then he obviously went on to become the overall RB1. I'm not saying that's going to happen again because I think some circumstances have clearly changed for him, but uh, through sheer volume, he should see regression. And then, uh, you know, as he gets maybe more acclimated into football shape, he missed all of camp. Uh, with the Raiders, I think that will only help him. But yeah, his usage has been fantastic. He's been running a ton of routes, been getting all the carries. Uh, the production will follow. I, I am not worried about him either. I would definitely buy low on him if you can. My last buy low is going to be Calvin Ridley's teammate. That is quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He will bounce back to being a solid fantasy starter. I was a little lower on him than consensus coming into draft season. Uh, I think perceptions have changed a little bit here. I have pretty much held steady. I think he is QB about eight or nine moving forward. If you can get him for lower value than that, I'd pounce. I think if you can trade a guy like Cousins or Herbert and then get Lawrence and an asset back, I'm taking it all day. I think a lot of the muted fantasy production has been, uh, one, we talked about the KC game at length. It was a lot of bad luck. Last week, similar circumstances. Uh, his teammates kind of let him down. I don't think Lawrence has been playing bad football. Uh, the defense isn't exceptional, so he will have to throw quite a bit this year. I think, uh, again, he will be a solid mid to low end starter rest of season. If you have a guy that's overperforming expectations, you can cash in on and you get Lawrence in return plus an asset. I would take that all day low. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that you highlighted on our review show is you I believe you said Doug Peterson has taken over play calling duties similar to what he did at the end of last year, where Trevor Lawrence really kind of obviously broke out of his shell and became a very relevant fantasy quarterback. So yep. if that is the case, and Peterson continues to call plays, I think that that's a huge help for his value as well. My last guy here is, he was actually one of my beat the wire guys last week, and he may still be on some waiver wire, so definitely double check, but that's Jalen Warren. Um, I wanted to see what his snap counts were for week three, but unfortunately the website I have just is not updating the Steelers for some reason, and I don't have any information. So appreciate that. Um, But basically what it comes down to is I don't think Najee Harris is it for the Steelers anymore. He's very inefficient. He doesn't look good out of the backfield. And Jalen Warren has basically taken over all of the passing work out of this backfield. So my, my buy low here is basically just I want to get somebody who could become a potential starter, and once he becomes the starter, he's looked too good. The guy who has him is not going to want to trade him away to you, so try and take advantage of it early. You know, This is one of those you got to predict the breakout. You probably got to trade 
you know, a flex level player for Jalen Warren because someone's probably going to have similar ideas in their head about what he could be. But I think it could be worth it. We know how scarce the running back market is right now for fantasy football. This is a guy I could see being a, you know, a great starter for you, maybe the second half of the season. So looking at the stats, we're looking at a uh, weeks one to three snap share for Jalen Warren, 40, 43, 45. It doesn't sound like he's increasing that much, but uh, consider that week three was the first time they had a really positive game script throughout uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. The fact that it was his highest snap share yet tells me they're trying to get him involved on first and second downs on obvious running down situations even more than they were early in the year. So I think the Steelers are kind of starting to realize that he is their most dynamic uh, running back out of the backfield, not Najee Harris. And uh, yeah, I I think Warren's a good pick. I don't I don't know if I call him a buy low. I think he's kind of a buy medium, but. Even so, I think he is worth pursuing if you can get him for a, a bench-level asset. For sure. All right, we're moving on to our sell highs. My first pick is going to be DeAndre Swift, running back of the Eagles. We highlighted him uh, on some sell-high talk. I don't know if he made it on to our actual segment last week, but uh, we did talk about selling him high last week. He had a big game against the Bucks, uh, and you know, hopefully if you held on to him, I think he can sell him even higher right now because of his perceived lead in the Eagles' backfield. I don't know if that's going to matter too much. So so here, here's the problem with Swift. He's got seven targets in three weeks, only five catches. That's something we thought we were going to be able to bank on for him. Seems like Jalen Hurts is just not a guy that throws to his running backs. Makes sense, though, because he is a, a quarterback that scrambles. Those, uh, those types generally don't throw to their running backs very much because they'd rather just run the ball themselves. He will score zero goal line TDs because they will always turn to Jalen Hurts when they get down to the one or two yard line and push him in. You will get zero goal line touchdowns from DeAndre Swift. His current 6.8 yards per carry, as good as that is, is going to come back to earth a little bit. I just think he's going to turn into a bit of a trap back here uh, because you're not going to get the catches. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of touchdowns. I think you'll get some, but you won't get a ton. And you're going to just have to rely on rushing yardage, which is, uh, you know, again, kind of something that is tough to come by. He's had 287 yards the past two weeks. Uh, I think if you're expecting anywhere near that, you are uh, chasing fool's gold a little bit. You're going to need more touchdowns on the ground for him to be viable. Those will be hard to come by with the, you know, the way the Eagles operate. I think if you can get high-end RB2 value for him, I'd be cashing in on it. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. One stat that I actually found kind of interesting was he, I believe, was number four or five in rush attempts within the seven-yard line. And that doesn't, I mean, he doesn't get anything from inside the two-yard line because they'll just run the QB sneak play back-to-back yeah. times like they did this week to score the touchdown as opposed to yeah. turning it and giving exactly. it to him. So he may get a bunch of opportunities or he may have gotten a bunch, but they're not true goal line opportunities. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I I also just I mean we saw I mean Kenneth Gainwell was still getting mixed in. There were drives where Gainwell was basically the running back for the entire drive, and then drives where Swift was. So I can ten, I can see that being the case. I don't think the Eagles want to go to just a singular running back backfield. So I would expect I would expect it to his scoring to come down quite a bit. Like you said, it's going to be pretty hard for him to keep up the pace when it comes to. Uh, his rushing numbers. And I think yeah. they've had two pretty soft matchups. I mean, their Eagles offensive line is just dominated. Yeah. Those two matchups. So I will say the know, Bucks, the Bucks were a tough run matchup. He did well against them. I think that's part of the reason you'll be able to sell really high is because he had a really impressive game against a good run defense on the road. But 
Uh, even considering that, he's, he's not going to have 130 yards every week. You're going to need the touchdowns to come for him to continue to produce, and uh, I think those will be harder to come by than you might expect for somebody that's the lead, uh, lead back on a really good offense. Absolutely. All right, my first sell-high candidate is a guy who's going to cost me a beer by the end of this season. That is yes, Alexander Madison. Uh, coming off his best, worst performance of the year. I mean, he had a great game for fantasy, but he was also – two fumbles away from potentially losing the job before Cam Akers really even gets involved there. So I would get rid of him as soon as possible. This is another guy that, you know, just on social media, I have seen getting traded left and right. People are looking to try and dump him and just take most of the time what they can for him. So there's going to be plenty of running back needy teams out there. That's just the way the NFL is playing out this year. So his ceilings are running back too. If you can get a more consistent player, a more consistent running back too. I would do that. I don't think you're going to be able to go necessarily like sell him at like immense value like you'd get for DeAndre Swift right now. But this is kind of just get what you can and get out before he just his value plummets. Agreed. Yeah, if you can sell him for seventy five cents on the dollar from what you paid for him at the beginning of the season, I would take it. I think uh, yeah, him and Acres will be in some sort of a timeshare moving forward, and there's not a huge pie for these Minnesota backs to begin with. So I am all for it. My next sell-high candidate is Devo Samuel, wide receiver for the 49ers. This is very simple. He's had two big weeks in a row. The San Francisco offense is uh, very inconsistent from a fantasy perspective because they have so many mouths to feed. I think uh, when everybody's healthy, like we saw in week one, it will be tough for everybody to have a big week. I think coming off these two big weeks, you might be able to sell Samuel for uh, a more consistent wide receiver too. Example, I think I'd take Amari Cooper over him. Um, coming off his big week, that might be a little tough. T. Higgins, a guy you talked about uh, in your there previous you segment. I think I would uh, rather have Higgins than Samuel. You might actually be able to get an asset in uh, in return for Higgins. Another one's a little risky, but I think I would turn Samuel into Christian Watson in an asset if you can. Uh, that's somebody I think that is going to be similarly inconsistent, but will at least be the clear number one on his team. And uh, again, I think that you can get Watson and an asset uh, for Samuel at this moment, uh, considering his value. So I think I try to move off of him. Yeah. Two things before I get into my next guy. The first one is I really wanted to put Christian Watson in the buy low category. Yeah. Um, but by the time you guys are listening to this, it's going to be very tough to get a trade to be pushed exactly. through in yeah. time for Thursday night football. So it just is what it is. If you have a commissioner like Nick that will just push trades through almost as soon as they get accepted and you don't got to go through the BS veto process or anything like that, Go out there, try and get Christian Watson for you know eighty cents on the dollar for what the guy drafted him from. My second point I wanted to bring up was before I saw who you had, I just wrote down some names, and one of my names was Brandon Ayuk for basically the same exact reasons you just listed about Debo Samuel. So yep. instead of reiterating what you said, Brandon Ayuk's another sell high candidate, even though he did not play in week three. So my second sell high candidate here is Kirk Cousins, and he's already been mentioned a couple times on the podcast. He's been phenomenal for fantasy football. I think he's the overall QB1 in six-point passing touchdown scoring. I may have to double-check that, but That's I right. think I he's looked right. that in sleepers. He so He's been phenomenal. Like you said, you can maybe go flip him for a Lawrence in an asset. You can maybe go flip him for a Joe Burrow. That's probably more straight up. If you get Joe Burrow in an asset for Kirk Cousins, send me that picture because I want to know how you do that because I'm going to go try and do the same thing. Um, but he's been phenomenal. I, I guess within the next two weeks – we're going to get a classic Kirk Cousins game where he just completely flops. 
Once that happens, everyone's going to remember what Kirk Cousins truly is and his value is going to come back down to earth. So I would try and take advantage of it while you can. Nick, I did want to ask you this. This is not a trade offer or anything like that, but would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields rest of season? Man, that's so tough. Uh, I think at six point, I'll take Cousins just because they're throwing the ball so much. And uh, I think he will be a little bit more consistent. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I just I need to see it from Fields first. I am a huge Fields guy. I think if you can turn Cousins into Fields plus a significant, you know, a starting level asset or even a flex level asset, I'd probably still do it. So it's not a strong lean, but uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's hard to ignore what we've seen to this point in the year. I think uh, Cousins' floor is a little higher than we may have imagined coming in just because they are going to be so pass-heavy and that defense is really bad. Yep, absolutely. I'm right there with you. I'll, Justin Fields, I actually put a, a question out there into the CBS uh, chat yesterday from the FanTC account, and it was like, it was basically, are you going to drop Justin Fields? And if he does get dropped in your league, are you going to pick him up? There's a lot of people out on Justin Fields. So yeah. if you have any belief in him and he maintained being rostered, he did not get dropped to waivers, you could probably get him for extremely cheap if the manager Agreed. feels the way that like 75% of the CBS group chat feels. So go check on that one because I think Fields is definitely a, another buy low candidate that I just didn't have the uh, the guts to put on my list. Yeah, we already mentioned him last week too, and I feel like the same principles apply here. I mean, he had another tough matchup. He looked bad again, for sure. thought he would have a better game against the Chiefs in garbage time, but uh, the Chiefs might end up just being a really good defense. So I think this week uh, he may be able to get right, and he has a lot better schedule moving forward. My last sell high is Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the loss and uh, the loss of Mike Williams has not impacted his fantasy value that much this week. Everybody's kind of just in awe of his performance against the Vikings. Uh, we saw what it looked like last year without his weapons. It was not pretty. I'm not panicking on Herbert if you have him. I think he will be a very solid starter moving forward. But uh, I think if I can acquire, again, like a Lawrence and an asset, or maybe even a Fields if you're feeling risky and an asset, I would consider it because uh, I think, again, Herbert's going to have his ups and downs. He's not, he's a, he can run, but he's not a rusher like some of these other guys uh, that are in the top five, like Allen, like Hurts, like Fields. Uh, but yeah, I, I, again, I think this is a guy that could see a slight downtick because of his loss of his, uh, his outside number one, obviously Keenan Allen being the main feature uh, from the receiving aspect of that room, but Mike Williams is a big part of it. I think this is somebody similar to Kirk Cousins that's probably slightly outpacing what he's going to produce the rest of the year that you could probably cash in on slightly uh, moving forward and get an asset in return and then, you know, get like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who I think will produce similarly. And, uh, you know, I, I just think he's probably at the peak value right now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I like Justin Herbert, you know, a little bit more than some of the other quarterbacks that we've mentioned. So I think it'd be a little bit tougher. There's room on the other side of that one. There is. Yeah, like you said, Mike Williams is going to be gone. That's definitely going to have some impact. And then the other impact is if Austin Eckler does come back and he maintains being healthy the rest of the season, some of those passing touchdowns could turn into rushing touchdowns. We've seen Joshua Kelly completely flop the past two weeks. has had basically no impact for fantasy football. So there definitely could just be some negative regression or just right, or just regression. I don't know why I said negative. Uh, some regression there for Justin Herbert. Yeah. My last guy here. George Pickens, and I don't think that's a big surprise. I've not been a, too high on George Pickens basically all season long. I want to start with the good. He did run 100% of routes and earned a 
target uh, share the past two games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's out there. He's getting involved quite a bit. The bad, Deontay Johnson will return soon. When Deontay Johnson is on the field, Pickens' target share drops to 15%, and his fantasy points go from about 15 points per game in half PPR to right around 8.5 points per game in half PPR. So um, also, oh, last thing here, uh, and he's only had one game with eight or more targets with Deontay Johnson active. He is a the ultimate boom-bust player. He is the Gabe Davis of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you have someone who wants to bite on his performances the past two weeks and his involvement the past two weeks, I'd go ahead and I'd move him for a more stable wide receiver too. Um, I probably, you know, I probably wouldn't trade him for like a, a basic flex level option, but I would take a look at your league, see where you can maybe get some advantage there and, and send George Pickens away before Johnson comes back. Yeah, I, I was not much of a pick and stand coming into the year either. Uh, I agree with the points that you made there about Deontay probably being the target leader once he comes back. I think it's kind of what you believe about Pickens. Do you believe he's leveled up into becoming a true number one? And, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett will kind of see what he has in George Pickens and continue to throw him the ball, or do you believe he will kind of go back to the role that he had before Johnson? Even if it's slightly expanded, it's still somewhat limited. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be hard to be a consistent producer week to week, especially in an offense that hasn't looked great this year. Being the number two option could be time to cash in on Pickens. Let's go ahead and move over to our Beat the Wire picks, Cody. Week one, you suggested Puka Nakua. Week two, I suggested Jerome Ford. We have been... Bring the heat on Beat the Wire so far. I am digging very deep on my Beat the Wire picks in this segment. Cody is going a little bit more for you shallow league folk, so just keep that in mind when we are mentioning our players. Before I start, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Jamison Williams. He's only 54% rostered on Sleeper. If he's out there, it's probably time to scoop him up because as we get closer to his return, he's only become, going to become more and more rostered. Uh, yeah, if you have the bench spot, Go grab him, and you can uh, you know see how he plays out the first couple weeks. A very, very talented wide receiver. My first beat-the-wire pick is Michael Wilson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. His role has fluctuated a little bit. His snaps have gone up and down to a degree the first three games, but he's looked good when he's been out there. He had uh, two catches and 86 yards against a very good Cowboys defense last week. I think if Kyler is able to come back, he could really pop. He is playing uh, basically a full-time role right now, so uh, could be a guy, again, 5% rostered, free in basically every league, even the deep ones, somebody that could become relevant down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you're a little bit banking on the Kyler Murray return because I don't think you have too much sure. you know, belief if Josh Dobbs happens to start 17 games for the Cardinals, oh, yeah. but in, in a – if you're in a league where you're looking at guys who are only 5% rostered across sleeper, these are the kind of guys you want to take those dart throws on. So I like Michael Wilson quite a bit. He's also, I mean, he got a lot of hype coming into the season, even without Kyler Murray. So I do think that he could turn into something, like you said, down the stretch. Um, one of those kind of just like league winners that may not become super relevant till weeks 10, 11, 12, something like that. So if you have the extra room, I would throw him on there as well. Uh, but yeah, like Nick said, I'm going to go a little bit more shallow league kind of games. And then I have one ugh, one wide receiver and two running backs that I'm not too fond of, but running backs are tough to come by. So I wanted to provide you guys with some running back options. We're going to start with the wide receiver, though. We're going to go with Rasheed Rice, wide receiver for my Kansas City Chiefs. He is 46% rostered on sleeper. Probably a guy that was drafted, maybe got dropped, but he's 
probably rostered if you're in a shallow league. Go double check. As a Chiefs fan who's watched every snap of every game, he is the wide receiver you want to roster. You know, ultimately, outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, everyone's going to have risk on the Chiefs because Mahomes just spreads the ball around to everybody anyway. But all I need to see is his involvement through three weeks and compare that to how involved Sky Moore has been for a year and three weeks. They want Rasheed Rice on the field. They want him involved in the offense. It is a tough matchup against the Jets this week. There's a chance maybe he has a rough game. He gets dropped after this week if he isn't one of those leagues that have him rostered. But he has seven straight matchups that are positive matchups against wide receivers. So I would go ahead, if he's out there, just roster him. You may have to wait a couple of weeks before you feel good playing him. But he does have, I think, the highest upside of any Chiefs wide receiver. Yeah, hopefully some Kansas City pass catcher beyond Travis Kelsey can emerge as fantasy relevant. I think Rice probably has the best chance to do so. Uh, Certainly worth a roster in such a high-scoring offense. There should be opportunity there. Logan Thomas is my next pick. He is only 7% rostered. Tight ends have a 31.7% target share in Washington's offense so far this year. Uh, Thomas received eight of those 10 tight end targets in week one, his only fully healthy week. I think he could be a top five tight end in terms of targets per game. Once he returns, he looks like he is going to be back this week. He had a concussion. He missed week three. Uh, and, uh, again, yeah, this is a, a tight end that potentially is going to receive eight or so targets a game. That makes him extremely relevant just based on that only 7% rostered. So a little bit nasty, but somebody I think that certainly warrants consideration in deeper leagues. Absolutely. I believe he missed last game. He was out, so yep. he is definitely probably out there in almost you know every league that you're playing in. It's going to be very, very, very deep leagues that he is going to be rostered. Yep. So, yeah, I I'm all for Logan Thomas. Um, I and I mean you have right there, 31.7 percent target share has been to the tight ends. That's why Jahan Dotson has been kind of terrible to start the yep. season. Sam, uh, he is just not. Exactly. He is not. I had a text today. It was like, would you rather have Josh Downs or Jahan Dotson rest of season? And I was like, I'm going to say Jahan Dotson, but that's because I'm just so invested in him that I hope he, he starts to pan out. Because yeah, the fact that that's he a, was a guy. Is a problem. Yeah, exactly. I, he was a guy I was super high on during the draft season. Same so. here. Um, all right. Number two for me. Again, we're getting a little nasty, and it's, it's going to be a shallow league play. But just go double-check. Make sure Ezekiel Elliott, running back for the New England Patriots, is not rostered. He is in 52% of sleeper leagues. And I actually just want to have a gripe real quick about sleeper. When, team, when players get traded, especially in the offseason, you have plenty of time. Get their new team photo uploaded into sleeper. Because when I was making my notes, I 100% Sloppy. Ezekiel Elliott running back Dallas Cowboys. Because that's what his picture said. That's immediately what came to mind. So please update your app. I would appreciate it for my notes' sakes. But um, again, I don't necessarily love rostering Ezekiel Elliott. Do I think you're going to be able to plug him in on any week where there's not a bunch of buys? Probably not. But the running back depth is already very shallow. We've seen a bunch of injuries to running backs already. So if something happens to Ramondre, he's a great handcuff piece. And we saw him get 17 opportunities, not getting to the not get into the end zone last week, and he ended up as a low end RB two. I again, not saying he's going to have a you know a great couple of weeks or anything like that, but if you have to plug and play someone, and New England has a good matchup for it, he's definitely someone that could help you get through a bye week or two. So just go double check, make sure Zeke is not rostered in your leagues. Yeah, once bye weeks hit, he will become way more relevant in deeper leagues, uh, especially. 
when they have uh, the spread in their favor, he will become a lot more relevant. He gets work in those situations. They like to grind the clock out with him. He's been pretty involved so far, so somebody to keep an eye on. Juan Dale Robinson, wide receiver for the New York Giants, is my last pick here. He's only 7% rostered. He got five targets on 10 snaps in his first game back from that ACL tear. That Giants wide receiver room is just begging for someone to take uh, advantage and kind of level up into being the number one guy. Juan Dale looked like he was on his way there until his injury last year. I know he's coming off the ACL, uh, but you know some guys recover quicker than others, and I think he's worth a roster spot in deeper leagues, especially since he was really involved in very limited snaps last week. Yeah, absolutely. Go out there and get Wandale. I mean, and again, last week was not really the the best defense to have to play against. So he, he looked decent. And really no one else on the Giants looked very good either. So you should continue to get more involvement and definitely a guy that deserves to be rostered in those deep leagues. Uh, my last guy, again, nasty. But we're going to go Chuba Hubbard, running back for the Carolina Panthers. He's probably the clear handcuff. I don't know if the Panthers – I mean, the pa- oh, oh, yeah, I wrote that clear wrong. Handcuff. He's, he is a handcuff, but we have seen in the past the Panthers typically, you know, they, if one goes down, they don't typically just give it all to Hubbard, but he does get the majority of the work. Um, and as a guy who owns Miles Sanders in a couple different leagues, he has gone from healthy to questionable to healthy to questionable basically every single week. So if he does end up missing a game, Chuba can be a spot start. And then obviously with buys coming up again, if Sanders happens to miss, Chuba could actually be a really good start for you if you're in one of those situations. He's 29% rostered, so maybe more available in some deeper leagues. Like I think he's available in our mini dynasty, which I would consider a pretty deep league. So go check for him. Not a guy that I'm saying you have to go roster. Don't go drop a good asset for Chuba Hubbard by any means, but if you're, if you're thin at running back, if you have Miles Sanders or anything like that, might be worth handcuffing him just with the way we've seen running backs go down. Yeah, we, uh, we like recommending basically any clear handcuff uh, as a solid bench add. Uh, you know, you want to take your shots on these guys. Those are the type of guys that turn into the 70 80% fab guys once their starter gets hurt. So uh, always a good idea to roster one or two of them if you have the space, just in case. Absolutely. We ready to break down some Thursday Night Football? Let's do it. Thursday Night Preview. All right, let's get into the Thursday Night Football game. It's Lions at Packers. Probably a really entertaining game on the docket here uh, for our Thursday Night Football. That has not always been the pay- been the case the past uh, year or so with Amazon Prime, but uh, looks like we have a good one in store here. I, uh, I'm going to go with Green Bay and the points and the under of 46. I, I don't feel strongly about this one, though. I think I'm basically just taking the points because I think it's a coin flip game. I like both teams. Uh, they played pretty well so far this year. The Green Bay Packers going to be getting back some playmakers here. So I'll take the one and a half points they are getting at home. But I probably would not feature this in my best bet segments. Uh, I, I don't feel too strongly one way or another. It should just be a, a really good game. I tend to feel the same way about the the spread on it. I you know Green Bay getting points at home. I, I'll go ahead and just take that and run with it. Um, if you have a good feeling that Detroit's going to win the game, then just go ahead and take them minus one and a half because it's probably a field goal game either way. So yeah, 
Don't feel too strongly there. I do have a good feeling about the over 46. If this was a Sunday game, I would probably feature the over as one of okay. my three best bets. Reason, be- reason being, it's just statistics for me. One, these are both pretty high-scoring teams. Green Bay kind of came back to earth last week, but they did play the Saints, which have not given up more than 20 points in like 11 consecutive games, I believe is the stat. So wow. they are a really good defense that we should probably you know highlight a little bit more. And then I also just wanted to highlight that the under in primetime games, I know I'm that I'm this is my You're stat because of how much I love times, betting yeah. unders. They have hit at 81% so far this year. We have nine out of eleven primetime games have hit the under so far. Last year was the highest in like 10 years that the unders hit, and that was at 60%. So I just see there's gotta be some, you know, coming back to earth for the unders a little bit. I think this is a prime game that could easily turn into a little bit of a shootout. So I'm just going to take the over again, just looking at the statistics of it. But um, I, I, again, I'm not going to, I like doing best bets for the weekend stuff because a lot of times people may not listen to this for the betting side. Yeah. I just want to know what's going on for Thursday night football, but I really like the over. I'm probably going to put a little bit on the over tomorrow. Fair enough. I like your confidence. I, uh, you know, I, I always stay away from the divisional overs, but uh, Cody has been very successful with them the past couple of weeks. So I'll go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt there. My best bet for the evening, I'm going to play a little uh, single game parlay on the Lions side. That's a David Montgomery touchdown. He has scored in both games he's played so far this year. Jared Goff, over 250 and a half passing yards. He's at 273 per game so far this year. He's hit that over two out of three times, and then a Lions dub. That would get you to plus 450. I think if the Lions were to win, the other two things are much more likely to happen. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think plus 450 is pretty good odds for that, even though I'm taking the Packers on the pick. That's just because I think it's a coin flip. Yeah, absolutely. And like we already prefaced, like the the side that we're taking for this Thursday night game, neither of us are that confident in. So don't don't use that against us when you're listening here. It's Coins kind of is what yep. it is. Exactly. Uh, mine, I also built another same game parlay. We both really like the Lions for both of us taking Green Bay plus one and a half. Fair I got enough. a Monra St. Brown anytime touchdown. Again, I'm riding the over of 46. And then I got uh, Sam Laporta over 50 yards. That'll get you at plus 550. I just, again, like I said, if if the game's going to go over, you know, Amon Ra's probably going to have somewhat of a decent game, probably gets in the end zone. And then Sam Laporta, I need to pull up his stats. Has he hit 50 yards in maybe two out of three games? At least two out of three. At least two out of three. But he's been phenomenal the past two weeks. So, uh, again, just kind of one of those things where I feel like if the other two happen, then the over's probably hitting. So I'm just going to tag it in there and just get some better odds. Fair enough. I don't mind it at all. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the game itself. Starting on the Detroit side, uh, as I prefaced before, Detroit favored by one and a half points on the road here. Over under is 46. Jared Goff is the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. We usually do not recommend him on the road. I think he's a low-end starter. I would probably prefer to pivot off of him if you can. I'd probably rather start guys like Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, even Daniel Jones at home against the Seahawks, I'd rather start than him. I uh, hope you have a better option in a one-quarterback league. Uh, just on the road against a divisional opponent could be a spot where you know he does not have his best passing game necessarily. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, the Packers aren't necessarily great against quarterbacks, but they're us- they're right in the middle. So if yeah. you have another streaming option that's in a better matchup, I would go ahead and pivot. But if you're if you're just relying on Jared Goff, you can throw him out there. But I would lower expectations. I wouldn't expect what you've got in the past two weeks. Jameer Gibbs still in your lineup. I don't think we're pivoting off of him yet, especially in any half in full PPR leagues. He is certainly in the top 20. David Montgomery is a question, though. If he plays, are you comfortable starting him, or would you need some sort of pregame assurance that he is going to receive his regular workload uh, you know, from a report or through the Lions coaching staff or something like that? Yeah, if he's getting out there, unless I have, you know, two or three other good running backs on my roster, he's definitely getting thrusted back into the starting rotation. So um, it's definitely situational there because if you have three guys you feel fine with, don't feel like you have to push him into your starting lineup because of the matchup or anything. But, you know, if you're someone who's been streaming running backs, you know, maybe you had to play Gus Edwards last week, like your boy here in one of his leagues, and uh, David Montgomery's coming back, like, if you have to play him, you have to play him. Maybe not the most confidence, but I- I'm pretty comfortable with it. If he's out there, I see him being involved. Amon Ross St. Brown, certainly in your lineups. Josh Reynolds laid a goose on us last week. Uh, may have been hampered by the injury he had coming in, but I think that's just the nature of Josh Reynolds. We kind of told you uh, when we you know, originally told you to pick him up after week one that this is a guy that has been kind of up and down throughout his career. So I think to be expected, I think he's a lower level option this week. If you, again, if you need somebody, you can go ahead and throw him in there, but this is not the secondary to necessarily attack. Uh, Do you have any other thoughts on Josh Reynolds or is he just a low, low level flex? Yeah, very low level flex. The Packers are currently the 24th ranked team in points given up to wide receivers. So Amon Ra is going to be in your lineup no matter what. I would probably be looking to pivot off of Josh Reynolds this week. Sam Laporta, I think, is you know a top six to eight tight end. I think a lot of people have Sam Laporta and another starting level tight end though, because he was somebody that you kind of speculated on with a late, uh, you know, a late ad in your drafts. Would you rather play Sam Laporta or Mark Andrews this week? He goes to Cleveland to play that vaunted Browns defense. Yeah, the uh, the Cleveland Browns are currently giving up a whole two points per game to the tight end position. And I, I know Mark Andrews is going to be probably a little bit better than what they've played against so far, but um, I would probably slightly lean Laporta just because of the matchup. I just The Ravens' offense has not looked very good, and then you factor in how good that Browns' defense is. I, I, I Again, it's kind of crazy saying I would pivot off of Mark Andrews, but I think I would just this is not the week that I think the Ravens get right. Damn it, Cody. I, I really wanted you to say Andrews. I, I literally, so the reason that I put this uh, specific question in the doc <laughs> is because my dad has this exact dilemma in his his fantasy league that I play in him with. He asked me, should I play Laporta or Andrews? I said, basically, hey, I'm not waning on confidence in Andrews. I think he'll be fine. But this week, I'd go Laporta because Andrews has such a tough matchup against the Browns. And I, uh, I don't want any piece of playing that defense, especially on the road. So I would agree. I'm going to go Laporta. I was hoping he'd get a beer bet in here on the Thursday night football pod here, but uh, we'll have to wait and see if we can uh, have a disagreement later on here. On the All right. Base actually, side. Oh, actually, I just I want to be able to use the new drop I created. So screw yes. it. I'll take Mark Andrews. Let's yes. go. Yes. Beer bet. Ah, oh, 
I I love it. I, it is outstanding. I'm typing it up right now. Uh, Enjoy yeah, that so one. That, Sam that one might be a free beer on me, but I'll let you have it just because I spent time on that drop. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you falling on the sword there, Cody. <laughs> Sam Laporta, top six tight end this week. On the Green Bay side, Jordan Love, a decent streamer. I'd probably rather start him over uh, golf on the other side. I'm um, trying to look at some other, you know, lower level options at the quarterback position here. Let's see Brock Purdy versus the Cardinals. I'd probably go love here. I think this could be a higher scoring game. Um, Daniel Jones versus Seattle. I think I'd probably go Jones there because of his rushing upside, but I think it's pretty close. I think, I think he slots right in there with the, uh, the Geno Smith's Daniel Jones, and Brock Purdy's of the world as a solid low level option. Yeah, I would, I would definitely play him over, uh, Daniel Jones personally. I, I like what I've okay. seen out of him and the, uh, the secondary for the um, Lions is not the best. We saw last week they they held uh, – their numbers are a little bit deflated because they played Desmond Ritter, but through the first two weeks, quarterbacks have been able to score on the Lions. So I, if you have someone who picked up Love to maybe – I guess here's a real question. Would you rather play Jordan Love or Justin Fields if you drafted him this week against the Broncos? I am making that exact decision in our mini dynasty. I'm going Justin Fields because I'm a stubborn son of a bitch, but I would not blame you if you went Love, to be honest. I think if you had to – you, you know – Hands, gun to my head. Who scores more points this week? I'd go Love. I just think Fields has such a higher ceiling that I'll go ahead Absolutely. and just play him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's 60-40 Love outscores him this week, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I I did pick up Love in one of the leagues that I have Fields in, but it's also one of those matchups where I'm going to need a quarterback to maybe put up 35-40 points, and I don't know if Love can necessarily do that where – Justin exactly. Fields, if he gets those legs going, he he absolutely can. So um, I'm right there. That's another one that I've seen a lot of people who have Justin Fields when I asked that question. they A lot of them went up and picked up Jordan Love this week uh, to be able to play instead of him. So I was kind of curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, good insurance option for sure. Love has a good matchup against the uh, the Raiders next week as well. So if Fields found flounders again against a beatable Denver defense, then uh, I think you can pivot to Love at that point. Running back room for the Packers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I think if Jones is in, you play him, even though it's a tough matchup. He can get in involved in the receiving game, so I think he's too good to sit. A.J. Dillon, I am not playing him. I don't care what your options are. I'm pivoting off of him. This Lions run D is really good. Dillon's had... Uh, a couple, you know, he had a tough matchup against the Saints last week, did nothing. A decent matchup against the Falcons, did nothing. I have no confidence in him uh, against a tough matchup, even if he's the, you know, only you know only guy. I think they could pivot to some other options there. I Jones, if he's in, otherwise lay off the Packers backfield. 100%. I, I feel like you're maybe on the opposite side of this. If you're in a shallower league, even if Jones doesn't play and you have Dylan rostered, I would probably drop Dylan. Drop you know, Dylan. Like if you oh, could yeah. do it Thursday no. right before the game, that way you don't have to worry about someone picking up and playing him or something like that. Just get him off your roster. Let someone else add him He's to the roster and take up one of their yeah. spots. We saw last week Fred Taylor got involved. I mean, I didn't see Fred the snap Taylor. share for the Packers, but what was <laughs> Shout it? Shout out. He said Fred Taylor. I think he meant Patrick Taylor. Fred Taylor was the, the, the back for the Jaguars in the early 2000s. So see, that's what – okay. I don't shout know why. Yeah, shout out Fred Taylor. I don't know why, but whenever we did our review, I thought you said Fred Taylor. That's why I was so locked in. But yeah, whatever, whoever the hell Taylor is is the third string running back on the Packers. I don't yeah. know anymore. But him, uh, him and Dylan. I mean, every time I was watching the Packers last week, it seemed like they were kind of just splitting. So 
I would. Uh, it's either Jones or no one, and I would be comfortable cutting Dylan to go add maybe one of the beat the wire picks we talked about earlier. Yeah, if you're not comfortable playing Dylan when Jones is out, what is the point? Uh, wide receiver room for the Packers. If Watson goes, I'm probably trying to stay hands off. I think Watson would still be my favorite, even off that hamstring injury, just because I think he will be the alpha here once he is fully healthy. Hard to know whether that will be the case in his first week back. So, again, probably try to lay off. It's a pretty good matchup, though. Detroit secondary is beatable. Run defense is good, so it should be a bit of a pass funnel. Uh, If you have to throw Watson out there, I don't mind it. I would probably just try to lay off the other options. I think Dobbs is a... You know, lower end wide receiver three play in full PPR. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing good about Dobbs is he has been the red zone target for him so far. Yes, so yeah. If you are, you know, if you just need to throw out a wide receiver three, hope he gets in the end zone, just scores you 10 points. I think Dobbs can be that guy for you. Um, Jaden Reed, before Watson has come back, has gotten a lot of involvement. He just has a little bit of a case of the drops. Otherwise, he'd probably be a lot more fantasy relevant than what we're considering them, but I do see Watson probably coming in and taking a lot of that work that Jaden Reed has had through uh, the first three weeks. So I'm with you. I'd go Watson, Dobbs, and then Reed's probably not getting started this week at all, but I think I'm a little bit more comfortable playing Dobbs than you are. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I think Reed, it's just it's tough for me to recommend the third, maybe even fourth option in a Packers passing game that does not have a ton of volume uh, when you know there are other wide receivers we can talk about. The third or fourth option in that Packers passing game is Luke Musgrave, the tight end. I think he is a solid low-end start this week. I'd play him above guys like David Njoku, Dalton Kincaid, Jake Ferguson, Hunter Henry, probably just below the likes of a Pat Fryermuth and Evan Ingram. Uh, he is He's clearly in the, uh, the streaming level conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you put a really good line there. One name I'm going to throw at you, Hunter Henry against Dallas or Luke Musgraves against Detroit. Give me Luke Musgrave. Uh, the Dallas matchup uh-huh. scares me. I think they uh, will be upset coming off that you know bad performance against the Cardinals. They could really just lay it on the uh, the very average Patriots offense this week. Absolutely. All right. Let me double check real quick about who who I have currently in my starting tight end spot. Oh, you already said you'd play him over Jake Ferguson. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to go pick up Luke Musgraves. Would you? Let's see. Would you consider Logan Thomas over either of those two guys, or is he just uh, just a stash candidate? For I you? just want to see him back and healthy. I know it was a concussion, so those are usually a little black and white, but uh, I just want to make sure he's getting back to his dominant snap share role before I throw him out yeah. there, just because they have uh, a couple other options there, like Cole Turner is kind of an interesting oh, He was so guy. close to getting a touchdown. Yeah. So close to getting yeah. a touchdown yeah, last week. That was a good week. call, uh, but... Anyway, I, I just think I would want to see one more week from Logan Thomas. I, I certainly think he could he could factor in moving forward, though. All right, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, I think that wraps it up for me. I don't feel too strongly that way about Musgraves. I think he's a solid streamer. So if you're looking at a Hunter Henry, a Jake Ferguson, go ahead and throw Musgrave in there. Like you said, the, the Lions, Lions secondary can get got, and Luke Musgrave has looked really good. I mean, both these rookie tight ends are going to get you know primetime performances out here, so... Pretty good stuff. Um, Anything else for Thursday Night Football? Are you ready to bounce out of here? Let's get out of here, Coats. All right, perfect. Before we head out, if you are listening, if you made it through the hour and three-minute podcast we just put out, hit that subscribe button. No reason for you not to be subscribed. Make sure you go check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on all the other stuff, and we will uh, be there posting some content. But, Nick, let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's hope we have a really entertaining over-46-point football game tomorrow. Absolutely.
All right, I'll uh, 